Hey everyone, how you been? I know it's been like a month, I get it, I'm sorry, I know I just up and left, I gave you fair warning, I hope everyone's still there, maybe half of you probably are, probably less, to the two of you that are still here, what up, how you doing, I love you dearly, thank you so much for being here, um, it's been a hell of a month, I didn't get really all I wanted to get done, but you know, it's fine, it's fine, one thing I knew, one thing that this little hiatus did was make me realize how much i love this goddamn activity you have no idea how much i love this activity it's it's a lot so i'm back and um i'm gonna be on a somewhat somewhat consistent schedule i don't know how consistent you'll realize eventually the pattern of this is gonna probably be um Bi-weekly would be incorrect. Bi-monthly? Twice a month. At this point, it's going to be twice a month. Mostly, most likely to the rest of the year. And then and then in 2019, we're going to get back into the grind. All right? So, like, for now, I'm taking it slow because I'm still trying to get everything back together. But I'm throwing... I'm essentially juggling. And I'm deciding to throw, throw this ball back in. And I'm going for it. And I'm going for it while I'm, like, slowly trying to figure out how to throw in the other balls i need to juggle into this whole thing you know that's a whole like thing in itself that probably can be used in a really bad way i don't care whatever use it cut it up use it whatever um <laughs> you see how long it's been i just wanted to talk to you guys it's great um on this episode of the podcast i had elisa hyman yes um a visual artist and a budding event organizer from phoenix or at least in the phoenix vicinity um this is uh i guess my second dip into phoenix and not the last um we had a cool cool conversation we sort of chopped it up about the event that she held for her 21st birthday where instead of just celebrating it like a normal 21 year old she was like you know what i want to get all the creative friends that i got and i want to display their work with one another and have them network and present their work and just hang out and it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was inspirational and a great birthday idea. So I'm I'm down for it. Um, here's Elisa, everybody. Yeah. possessed you to do an event for your birthday <laughs> um this was actually really really last minute uh, yeah like <laughs> i know you know how last minute it was but like i'm talking about like i thought of this last week yeah <laughs> what, what day did i message you like uh, you messaged me monday or tuesday okay that's like literally the same day i was like looking up my airbnb to come because I, I already had planned to come that's when i booked the airbnb <laughs> yeah i just um i don't know i feel like 21 is a very personal milestone and mm. like i told you earlier i've found myself in a safe zone mm. to celebrate a birthday with people completely free right so um I really just wanted to experience art and see people art and see people who make art on my birthday. Like that would just be like a great birthday present to myself. And also just have a place where I can share art as well and bring people together in a very intimate moment because my day my birthday is also the day of independence, like El Dia de Rito for Mexico. For Mexico, mm-hmm. that's true, huh? Yeah, so Holy I shit. always kinda wanted to just like give to that and celebrate that in a different way because wow. me not being in Mexico is a like very interesting detachment for me. Mm-hmm. So for me to always like remember that on my birthday, I'm always just like, how 
like what can I do to somehow cater to that piece of me as an individual? Mm -hmm. So for me to turn 21 and for 21 as the number also to be very intimate, um, mm -hmm. I just really wanted to give ties to both for my birthday. How, what's what's this, this attachment that you feel with Mexico? Um, Elaborate that for me, please. My family didn't grow up teaching me a lot about our culture and our history. Um, my family's first generation, so it's really about the American dream, and they're more type mm. of the family that doesn't really want to always connect to their their mm. heritage, their roots. Like mm. they don't really care to continue that on. Right. So it took a lot of my initial step to learn about my culture, to learn about. Mm. I had to like reteach myself a lot of my Spanish. Like I had to wow. really, it was like an, it was a decision for me. Do I want to stay connected to this, or do I I just want to live as an American? Right. And I'm not fit as an American, so I was like, right. I don't connect with this, and I'm trying to connect to the other one. So. Not to pick apart what you just said, but I'm going to pick apart. <laughs> by connecting with being Me Mexican, but by connecting to that, uh -huh. you're becoming American because technically it's still America. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, but there's just, just... Just being a dick, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's just something about... I get um, it, I get it. There's just something, like I just want answers. Like I, mm -hmm. like I always say, I really just want answers. I'm a very curious person, so yeah. for me to grow up not knowing anything about myself as a, a family tree, even at the most, just right. my family tree, it right. was always hard to not have questions mm. about my nana or my, my nana's mom, my tata's mom, mm. their family, where they came from, how did, how did we get here, this, yeah. this, and that. And those that. questions are never answered. So for me not able to do like Ancestry.com or like a DNA test because I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like conspiracy. That's, that sounds like kid yeah, guy, yeah. Kid but there's <laughs> just there's always that level of like something's missing. Mm. And I think as an American, everyone feels that way. Like everyone kind of feels a POC feel that way mm. for detaching two different cultures and trying to balance them both. It's feels the, like something's missing. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate heavy to that. Yeah. I've always felt that inclination, and in all honesty, your experience with the, with the lack of knowledge of, um, like my my lineage, that is very relatable. I I don't really know too much about my ancestors, my closely related ancestors. I know a little more on my dad's side because he likes to talk, <laughs> but it's like, when he speaks about those kinds of things it sounds really grandiose and i can't really believe it like i'm like what like stop you're saying some shit like you're saying some shit and it's really like weird yeah. dad like like i don't know if i can believe you like yeah. i can't as a sane person i can't believe you mm -hmm. my mom she's never spoken about it really she never even mentioned it she's never and i've and it's it's it, 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 and i've had a curiosity of it but it, but the way she's treated it, or the way she's come off it, it never. Like I, maybe she like maybe she doesn't know, but it's like there's no reason to ask her, because mm -hmm. I won't get it from her. Right. In a weird way. And it's the same with my family. Like I can really never ask them because I'll never get what I'm searching for from them. Right. So right. what's the point in asking? Yeah. There's a. There's a part of me that was just like, great, move on. You can't, you can't reach this intimate piece of you, but you can reach the outer part. You can, you can dive into mm. the subjects that you have of what you do know. Right. Like I know where um, my nana's from Sonora and my tata's from Durango, so I know those two pieces of where they're from. Okay. But it's just like you have to, like as much as... I never want to disconnect from that piece of my identity. You kind of have to maneuver what keeps you attached, what keeps you you. Right. So, you know, just going back to childhood and going back to a lot of what I experienced as a kid is always reminding me of things that I can't hold on to, and that's really just family. Mm. Like, that's really all I see my culture as, is just a really big family. So, Interesting. 
that kind of like drives my art too. Wow. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, with the pieces that I've seen of your art, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of childhood, this is a question I've asked most of my guests and, and I'm going to ask you. Um, what's your first memory? Ooh. I remember you, like, I listened to your podcast and I remember this question. Yeah. And I never thought I'd have to, like, think of an answer, so... <laughs> so great. I love it. I love it. You were prepared. I love that. Yeah, I'm not prepared. That's great. But um, the first memory that comes to mind, actually, is something that's still at my dad's house now. My mom and I don't live there anymore, but um, a lot of my childhood things from my room were all still there from when we left. Wow. So... He hasn't touched them? Like, my toys are there, my bed is there, some of my old clothes are there. All my old movies are there. Do, do you know why he's kept it untouched? I don't think he has the heart to. Like, that's a little girl. Oh, man. I think it's very emotional for him. He doesn't want to, like... That's heavy. It's heavy. That's and it's heavy. heavy to be in that house and in right. that room. Yeah. But my, my first memory is something that I noticed that was still there when I went recently. Hmm. Um, I want to say I was about four four or five and mm. my mom had like surprised me with like princess tape like scotch tape but the print of it was like pink and it had like three princesses on it mm. and I was so excited that I drew my parents like a field of flowers and I drew my parents um, mm -hmm. the sun and the moon and I wrote them like I love you guys so much like thank you for everything love wow. your daughter Alisa and like the hearts everywhere whatever whatever and I went into their room, and I just used that scotch tape, the princess tape, and I pinned it on their wall. And I was like, wow. look. And um, it's still there. Like, the drawings are still there. The That's tape so is exciting. still there. And it's just like, I remember doing everything yeah. in that moment and in that memory. And that's like. It's beautiful to see it's still there because he hasn't touched it or he hasn't moved it. Like, there's yeah. just something very... Like, in a way sad, but in a way very beautiful that he is connected to it in the same way I am. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. Wow. Like, I think we share that unspoken. Like, like uh, you, you you sharing that? Like, I was thinking about it, like, from the perspective of a dad. Like, if that was my daughter who did, I would have mouthed <laughs> it. I would have fucking mouthed yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Then sound, yeah, I wouldn't have put that thing down if I was your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's saying there. That's, that's a cool memory. So, like, it's. It's connected. Your me your first memories of you drawing, making art. Mm -hmm. How interesting! Mm -hmm. Wow. How so? Like you've always just liked to draw, paint, and stuff, or what? I always grew up like in my childhood. Since mm -hmm. I'm an only child, I would always just spend Something my time. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. spend my time watching a movie or playing with my toys or just like making stuffed animals, my friends, or whatever, whatever. So it's like yeah. I would spend a lot of time. Um, doing all of that but in some weird spaces I would like isolate myself from my parents and I would stay in my room all day and I would just like draw um, flowers I would write poetry I used to have like diaries whenever I had like inspiration wow. to write in them yeah. and after a while I just like stopped doing it all I didn't draw as much I would doodle like pictures in school on my papers but that was really it wow. um, I wasn't into poetry. I was really into storytelling when I was in middle school, and then like I detached myself from that. Interesting. And then once I hit high school, um, my senior year, I was like, I'm gonna just do art, I guess. Right. And my junior year previously is when I first painted something. So I was 16, and yeah, 16, and past now like four years later, I've just been making art here and there. So I'm. I'm very much a beginner when it yeah. comes to making art and being creative, but it's always been like a background of mine. Like I've yeah. always You've been... You've always had a connection to it. Yeah, I think I was just able to like switch it on and off and like still be creative in a lot of ways, but not ever write it down. Mm. Not ever make it something. It was just always like a thought. I get that. Or just some type of like, like endorphins. It's just like that's what drove me as, a, yeah. as an individual. There's a, there's a guy... He's a, he's a, he, he was like one of the first YouTubers, and uh, I think his name is Zay Frank. He called those things, like when you didn't, like the, those things that you're talking about, uh, he called them uh, brain crack. 
Mm. Or like there's just like an idea and you're like, oh, that's a cool idea. And then you sit there and then like it goes away. Yeah. And, like, and you, you never think of you it never again. never think about it again. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's cool. It's yeah. It causes a brain, brain crack. Yeah. At least from what I remember. And, and I suffered through that. I, I suffered with that all my life. All my <laughs> life. I had so many things going on in my head. And for some reason, I never, never thought I should capture them. Never thought I should do anything with them. Only until like, 2015 that I start to like really sit down and record my thoughts in some way shape or form 2015 is like the first time I ever got a journal wow and stuck to it and like the only reason I like because I've bought journals before and everything but they never really stuck and the one excuse I kept making was they were just too big and obnoxious I don't like that so this time around around this around 2015 I decided I'm gonna give me a pocket journal, <laughs> and that saved my life, in essence. And it, it was been, it's been great since. And then like after like I started like a ritual of almost writing in it every day, uh, poetry started coming out. I was generally surprised because I hated writing all my life, <laughs> all in school. Right. I wasn't a fan of it, but here I was writing poetry. <laughs> as like a college student. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? I don't understand. There's there's a lot of things going on, but I didn't I didn't get it. But yeah, yeah, that that's I get that. I get the, the having a constant stream of it, but not doing anything with it. Yeah. It's like maybe the environments we find ourselves in. Definitely. I don't know. What? Since you are into arts and all that, what where this connection go to? Not just making art, but holding events. This is my first event. I mean, the, I mean, I've only ever been in one art show before this. Yeah. And I'm in one art show at ASU, and I. You're like, let's do this. Yeah, I think. I think that there's just something about. Uh, I love it. It's like a rush, like like it's adrenaline. It's something that's amazing, and I don't want to wait around for people to be like, "Hey, you want to be an art show?" I'm like, "No, I'm gonna throw my own." Like. I just want to... That's so cool. It's also like a, <laughs> like a finish line to like make me want to make more art and make it fast. Make you, you gave yourself a deadline. Yeah. I can respect that. Yeah, because I, I, I haven't been able to really sit down and paint things for a while. So mm. for me to have a deadline, it's like I really want to do it. So this, right. is, what, this is what's going to push me to do it and yeah. not fall back. I understand that entirely. Yeah. yeah. I understand that entirely, actually. I had this... Uh, Back in Tucson, there was this consistent uh, open mic, I would say. Okay. It was called Words on the Avenue in Tucson. And it was this consistent thing. It became like my church. Like, that's what I would do at the end of the month. Like, that's where I would go. And because I had that at the end of the month, it would, it would push me to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. Because then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to share something. Mm-hmm. But ever since it stopped happening, my writing has dwindled drastically. <laughs> like, drastically. Right. And it's... it's um, yeah, you're right. It, having a deadline for your creative outlets, are, it's almost it's almost needed, mm-hmm. which is so weird. But it's like a way to challenge yourself, right? Because for me, I'm my biggest competitor. I'm not competitive in sports, in board games, um, yeah. and like basketball, yeah. volleyball. Yeah. I don't yeah, care yeah. about anything competitive. Not really even can. like racing cars or Mario Kart. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm just there to play yeah, and yeah, have yeah. fun and right. enjoy the game. Yeah. But when it comes to myself. I'm always just competing with myself. So it's all that energy that I'm missing through all of those team places. sports, right. it's to myself. Wow. So it's, it's a lot of stress, but at the same time, you like, wanted the stress. That's, that's what I want. You made it up drives a, me. You made up a dragon, and you're like, now I'm going to slay this dragon. Mm-hmm. That's respect. Yeah. yeah no, on, on the real though, thank you for this deadline. Thank yeah. you. It was, it was a good inspiration because yeah. I ended up writing like a poem that like, appeared out of nowhere and I was like oh this, is, this needs to be written and I'm really excited about it but it's not finished so I have to, I have to finish it I don't have a painting finished <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're in the same boat the events tomorrow we're all, we're, I know we're, we're all diving in for it I know I'm probably not even going to sleep tonight like uh, no please sleep you're like you're, well the thing is is that I, I do that to myself like I've done this to myself so many times <laughs> like I already know this pattern I know what's going to happen next I get it and I my body it. is just like okay let's go like <laughs> you already know what's going to happen guess though. you're going to do this to yep. me again yep I guess I'll put up with it I have no choice yep. you can keep doing that for a while 
while, but eventually your body is going to start like fighting back. Yep. I know this personally. Yep. And it's fought back a couple times. <laughs> so like, I, I, uh, when we get there, we get there. Yeah, but for now, yeah. I'm did, okay with driving myself. I, I get that though. Like I've been, I've been struggling with that myself recently. This is, this, uh, just putting things off for no real reason. It's not, it's not the best feeling, right. in all honesty. Right. You're, you're going to school right now, right? Mm-hmm. Are you studying art? Mm-hmm. I just changed my major my major to painting. Oh, nice. So that's the medium you like the most? Yeah. Um, previously, it was art education, and my original goals were to... Um, I wanted to... Well, I'm minoring in transborder studies right now, which is like the Chicano studies oh, subject. Okay. But... Um, I kind of want to go in a, a sub-level of that just because of the Chicano politics or, like, Chicano politics of the machismo or whatever. Right, so right. it's really hard to find educators to educate you in the right way. Mm. Um, so that's my minor. And as an art educator being my major, I wanted to be the teacher that I wanted. I wanted to be the teacher that um, was teaching kids of the same descent of their own culture like mm. i didn't want some i just don't want people again who have no connection to the culture be able to share something so intimate and special to many people who struggle with identity or who had to leave a big piece of themselves mm. so um the art education classes i was taking at asu just weren't fulfilling even mm. if i was just teaching art right. not having the transportive studies background more training than anything um it just, it was very simple for kids. It was like, what form is this? Or what color oh, is okay. identified mo- the most? And it's like, right. for for children to be taught, you don't speak to them like they don't comprehend right. conversations. You don't, you, don't, you don't talk to them that they're dumb. Right. And you that's not how I approach any kids. Right. Any kids that I've known. I've never approached kids in that manner. Mm. And... So they're, tra- they're essentially teaching you the wrong approach. Right. And Interesting. Um, it's the curriculum. Right. It's not the teacher. It's the curriculum. It's always the curriculum. So for me to be in that space and also to have another white teacher teach me about cultural art in our education classes, I'm mm. like... I'm not happy about this. I'm not comfortable here. Mm. Like, this is not something that I can be comfortable with and let go because this has been a pattern for however many years I've been in school. Mm. So as much as I want to be the change that I want to see... Yeah. It's it's hard to sit down and go through those classes. So I had talked to my advisor and asked him if I was able to switch a major and still fulfill those goals as an instructor. And he mentioned to me that I could. So I was like, cool, I'm changing my major to painting and focusing on that. And that gives me more studio time, which gives me more things to make. Nice. So, yeah. School for me is very wishy-washy. It's kind of like against my will in some ways. So I'm trying to manipulate mm. it to make it work into what I want. Right. So. I get that. That's. Yeah. On, on my end, school was more just like something I had to do. Same. I never really. I wasn't really being pushed by my parents. My parents were like, do, do, do what you want. Like, mm. My parents were real cool. Like, like the, My mom was more like, go, go to school. But mm-hmm. my dad was like, dude, I really don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I want you to be happy. Like, right. that's, that's like what he wanted more than anything. You know, I want you to be happy. Right. I don't want you to be a lazy motherfucker, but I want you to be happy. <laughs> that's essentially what you're saying. Right. I'm like, all right, dad, damn, I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, so like, that's eventually I just decided to stop because it was just, you know, I was just wasting my time. Right, that's how I feel right now. Like, mm. my mom is a first gen and she spent so long being in school. Like, I grew up with her being absent so much because of school. school. So mm. I understand that drive. I understand, you know, where that comes from and where that stays with you yes. as like my mom being a first generation right. so, so i understand that struggle told. yeah so i understand where she's coming from and why she wants to feed it on and continue on the cycle mm-hmm. but i think she just had the wrong kid to continue the cycle with <laughs> <laughs> i just don't think i fit into what she wants me to do because she's always you telling don't. me like oh you could be a dental hygienist because of how you're artistic like that makes great veneers and great molars and dentures and i'm like i don't want to make teeth all day like that's not something that I ever wanted to do, and just because this is something that you see as a hobby, doesn't mean that I'm going to push it to the side because we have more opportunities in America. So I want right. to take advantage of them because I've seen that sacrifice that she went through 
to get where she needs to be, but she's given me that privilege to wander off if I wanted to, mm. and that's what I did. So I think that growing up, she just saw me creating art in high school as just like something that I did as an outlet. But when it came to graduation, she was like, either you go to school or you work. And I was like, I already have a job, so you're, you're <laughs> telling me to go to school, basically. You uh, just don't want to say it. Uh, and um, go to school or go to work. And it, it was like, okay. Yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, well, I'm already ready, so I don't know what you want me to do. You should test it. You, and should, like, you should just stop going for like a semester. Yeah, so <laughs> now that I've been in school for three years, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm at ASU, this is my first year there, and if this doesn't work out for me within this year, I just have to take a break and see what, what else is out for me. I mean, I think I've fulfilled what she wanted from me as a daughter far enough. Like, mm. the standards that we have for our parents, we can never... Like me, my parents, I could never talk them out of what they expect from me. So it's something yeah. that I know I can never please them in the way they, they want me to. Mm. But for me to at least somehow fulfill an accomplishment that is kind of to their standards is good mm. enough for me. Right. So for me to get an associate's <laughs> right. in arts is better than getting no associate's at all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, see, I got a paper, Mom. Yeah. I have a paper. Yep. Yeah, that's what take you what you get, okay? You know? <laughs> take what you get. That's so. Consider it. I didn't even, yeah, I I mean, uh, even do that for my mom. Now mom. that I've done so much for her because, Sorry, like, mom. <laughs> She's drove this into me for so long that I'm yeah. like, okay, here you go. Like, I've given right. you this. Now it's my turn to do whatever I need to do right. to fulfill myself. Mm. So um, my mom and I are very close, and that's why it's taking me so long to drift from those ties. From, her, from the story she's been telling you. Yeah. Right. So since she and I are very close, it's really hard for me to feel like I'm letting her down or mm. like I'm not really making her proud of me in a sense. I get that. So. I've always had me. Yeah, it does. And not having any siblings to fall back on that is just, like, even worse. Because you're not looking at someone like, well, you're the doctor. <laughs> I can be the artist. Like, there's no one <laughs> to, like, God, yeah, man, there's no one to, like, fulfill that, uh, that pedestal. It sucks. Uh, I, I, I can relate to a certain extent. <laughs> but, like, at another certain extent, I can't really. I'm the middle of three. Okay. But my older brother's a black sheep. And my little brother really don't give a... He don't care, right? Like, <laughs> he don't care. So I was like, the, the one that sort of came out somewhat normal and mm. somewhat obedient, but they're like, but they're like, but I'm not nine. <laughs> I'm not. Like, so there's shit out of luck, in all honesty. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll figure it out. Yeah, at this point. it's kind of like, oh, well, at this point, because, yeah. you know, you do so much to make your parents proud that. I'm not going to live the rest of my life trying to fulfill other people. Yeah. And it's a bad habit. Yeah. It's a bad habit. It's a very bad habit. It's an interesting little habit that they ingrained in us that they didn't realize that they were ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least, we at least we realized it before it was too late. Exactly. Which is good. Exactly. So that would be real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, I could have just been, like, a veterinarian this whole time. I could be in nursing school right now. Mm -hmm. But I didn't take that route. You know, in all honesty... There's this voice, that, there's this voice that I have that goes like, why not? <laughs> why couldn't you be a veterinarian? Why aren't you there? Why, why couldn't you like do the other thing? Like you could have just done that. Like I, I have a consistent voice that's always like, you could have, mm -hmm. you could have just done it, been like sad, mm -hmm. okay, nah. <laughs> that's me with my other art comp like goals. I'm always like, uh -huh. you could have you done this in third grade. Like why didn't you, why didn't you do this then? Like I wanted to make a paper mache volcano okay just because like i just had a voice saying like why don't you do this like this is something you need to experience go do it and i'm just like okay okay i haven't done it yet but i'm gonna do it that's, that's <laughs> great yeah see i have i have that voice which is like critiquing my decisions and the other voice which is advising my decisions mm, yeah <laughs> the, the only one that advises is the creative one the other one that that, that critiques is not the not too creative it likes the like the, like the, stu the structures of things. Yeah. 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 How's um? Actually, this is a, this is just a separate question entirely. W another question that I'm probably gonna keep <laughs> going with, like for every guest. What's? Did you used to have uh, fantasies or imaginary friends, imaginary stories that you would tell yourself? Mm-hmm. were they? Um. I used to love storytelling as a kid. Like, I. 
I love like the princess tales and I love to dress up as princesses and like have that whole fantasy of like an unknown world but you know that goes into a lot of different things yeah, so like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. as a child I was able to create more stories of me in different places and mm. like I remember the diary that I had when I was a little kid it was like stories of me being like a princess in a castle and mm. or me being um, a person in, in like a forest running away from something or something like that so it was always something that evolved and became something that like I would always think of but it wasn't an outlet as a kid like after I stopped using my diary for like a month mm -hmm. like I only use it for like a month <laughs> and uh -huh. I would just keep thinking of the stories like while I was just like bored in class or bored in my room I would just think of I would like imagine a lot of things yeah I'd use my my imagination a lot so, for me to grow up, it was always like fantasy wasn't something that was foreign. It wasn't anything that was like shied away. So I was very much into having like many imaginary friends or having like stories for each one of my dolls or each one of my animals or where they come from. Like it was just something to make time of. It was a lot of fun to do. So why not do it to everything? Right. <laughs> so. That's cool. Yeah. I it was, it was a lot of fun. I can relate. I actually, I actually did the same thing. I never realized that I was doing that, but yeah, it was, yeah, same. I was like storytelling to myself. Mm -hmm. I'll just like think of something and just get lost in that for a while. Yeah, and I just enjoyed it. Yeah. I have a couple of really vivid imaginations when I was little, little. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was and you know, it's crazy now. It's like the things that I've thought of as a kid, I've grown with my thoughts as an adult, mm -hmm. and now the thoughts that I have, I'm like, oh, this. Could like a video this could be a movie right this could be something yeah like this is possible now yeah. you know this is a treasure trove yeah like, so holy crap it's really cool to be an artist yeah it's nice to be creative yeah and then be able to execute on it yeah and a couple of ideas that I, I got in the back of my mind that are waiting to like to come alive i just have to mm -hmm. give give it a body or a container for which it can exist in but I'm procrastinating, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, procrastinating. How, what, what is it about painting that drew you to it? Instead of, like, drawing, instead of... Um, probably my dad, honestly. Really? Yeah. Was he a painter? Or? Yeah, he, I remember growing up and just, like, seeing him paint as a hobby. Or saying, seeing uh -huh. him paint for, like couple hours when I got home from school and he would paint and I would do my homework and we would just like be in the same space and it was amazing to see what he would create like out of just a couple hours right. so that was always something that I was in the environment of I was aware of that wow. and I think that when I first started making art I didn't think that I would connect to it as much as I did because mm -hmm. my first piece of art that was serious and that was more of like the the beginning of artist that I am today was me drawing Adventure Time characters on like a card stock paper and I just drew the whole poster that I saw on Google Images mm. and I like colored that in with um, Sharpie and then I was like okay this is cool Wow! and then the next thing was a painting and it was painting and painting and painting after that it was just something that like I really wanted to try and mm -hmm. not do it in a place of like direction not have someone tell me like in an art class you know we're painting this today we're doing this like I had in like previous junior high classes mm. so for me to initially like draw those characters I just wanted to paint things that I always wanted to have in my room or like as some image that I wanted to see and just make it myself wow yeah I'm so happy as a visual artist <laughs> I really am that's so cool that's awesome. Did, what, did you like the the meditative aspect of it? That you just sit there and create something? Or? I don't think I noticed that. Mm. Like, I think I was very... You were just focused on mm -hmm. it. And then now that I look back, I'm like, oh, this makes right. a lot of sense. Right. Like, I was doing a lot of things that I didn't... It was subconscious. Like, right. I was just You're doing just going things. for it. Right. So, yeah. That's I didn't so cool. really... You, the, you telling me that you're, it was pretty much your dad... Not teaching you, but doing it around you that did it. It brings to mind a very interesting quote I came by, I came across one time. And it was something along the lines of children. 
it was a picture actually with like a quote on it and the picture was of a mom reading on the and subway a, and yeah with a little kid also reading that. and it was something along the lines of um of you can't teach the kid kids don't learn or something like that they imitate mm -hmm. something along those lines mm -hmm. so yeah that's definitely to your dad definitely and that shit that was a hell of a quote <laughs> right quote. it's very grounding in a lot of ways because yeah. i think that i have seen myself as a role model for a long time because i'm the yeah. first of many grandchildren so i'm yeah. the oldest of the, my dad's side of grandchildren oh, wow. so everyone underneath is very young compared to me and i think about the impact that i have on them and how they see me becoming an artist because my little cousin, she's four now, her name is Layla, and she takes classes. She paints, she makes ceramic little dishes, and wow. I think of somehow the impacts I will have on my cousins. So for me to see, like when I saw that picture, I was like, I need to start reading more. Because <laughs> I need to like bring this down. Because you do realize that yeah, you're because being looked at. Exactly. You're being not even looked at, you're being looked up to. Exactly. And that's that brings a lot of responsibility. Exactly. And I think that that's something I'm okay to have, mm. but even the responsibility alone makes me want to do better for myself. Like as someone yeah. who needs to do better and eat clean and eat healthy and you know have great morning routines and drink a lot of water. It's just like, this isn't even for anyone else, this is for me. Mm. This is something that I think that we should all be doing. Like if I was around a friend who never wrote a book, read a book ever in their life and they saw me reading a book, I would want to pass down the things that I read to engage them into a new hobby. Right. You know, it's just a matter of wanting to share things with people that you want for yourself. Because, you know, it's kind of like you have to be what you want to see in other people, like those signs you would see in school all the time, just like give what you want back or something like that. Yeah. So. That, that reminded me of a chance to rapid line. <laughs> the people's champ how to be what the people can be, something like that. Something along those lines. I don't listen to him. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's actually really sad and depressing. How do you not listen to Chance? It's fucking great. I just, I never got to it. <laughs> you leave. Like, we Honestly, it like, I know a couple songs of his, but I never, like, sat down and, like, played an album or a radio of his. In all honesty, in all honesty, the only, like, legit album that I'm really, like, I, that I love to death from him is acid rap. Okay. That's it. I know Cocoa Butter Kisses. I love that song. That's a great song. I love that song. Uh, fucking, I love that. That was my song in high school. It's a great song. That was my song. When was my? When was that my song? Because if, if you're in high school, it was like, it was like twenty what? Twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen? What was it? I think around that time. It was twenty. No, it had to be twenty thirteen. Are you sure? Yeah, that's when you dropped it. That's when you dropped acid rap. I think it was my song around like 2014. That's reasonable. Yeah, it had to be because like he he coincided almost perfectly with like my um, extracurricular activities as mm. I mentioned before. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. It, like on a synchronicity kind of level. It was weird. Okay. It was real weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have, I'm gonna have a fondness to that goddamn. That, that whole <laughs> album is like the theme of like 2013, 2014, a little bit of 2015. But 2015 shifted into being uh, hosier. Yeah, that was, a, that okay. was, that was a emotional times. <laughs> I respect that, though. I respect that. Connect to artists. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's always had. I've always, I've always. I, I can, I can legitimately tell you, parsed out my life with the, the artists that I was listening to. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. For a good while too, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good way to like put memories into things. Yeah. In some ways, kind of yeah, like you're, you're putting, right. you're storing things in these places so you can move on and make other memories. That's so cool. <laughs> My God. Thank you for giving me credit for something I didn't even know. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you're entirely right. Because you like, never forget. Yeah. You no. never forget what songs make you feel. No. No, you don't. Because you'll remember when that song came out or like we were going through when you heard that song on repeat over and over and over again, like you connect those things. It's, it's a connection. True. Wow. I didn't even know that's what I was doing, but you're right. Cause I, I, if I go, if I go and listen to anything from the past like that, I'll like, I remember this. I remember where I was. I remember where I was sitting. I remember what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, the thinking a little less, but the feeling, 
more so. More so. Interesting. I never, I never saw it that way. Thank you. Thank you for like giving me that that perspective. I didn't. I never even saw it that way. That's that's so cool. I like that. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like I'm a philosopher. Ah, I'm a philosopher. <laughs> uh, for the people that didn't see this, she's like wrapping the wire around her finger as she said it with her head down slowly to herself. A little creída and shit. Like a philosopher. Ah, me too, fool. <laughs> we both are. Honestly. Everybody is, though. If you, if you, if everybody is. It's a door to open. It's, it is a door to open. Have you ever actually, like, had a philosophy class? No. Really? I remember I did, and it was one of the best classes I ever had. Really? Yeah, I had it in, in, uh, when I was in college. It took, like, two or three different, like, classes with this very specific teacher, and it probably had to do with the teacher more than anything. He's a real cool guy. He like he wouldn't go. He wouldn't like present up front only unless like he had like specific announcements. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, he would, like we would sit in a circle, and he'll sit with us, and like we'll, like just share like part of the assignment, or he'll have something to share with us. And we're all like, it was a real cool class. <laughs> and I, I was super grateful for that that guy. He was, he was so cool. But yeah, no, that was a great philosophy class. It introduced me to the fact that you can like you could take it serious you could take the analysis of thought serious which, right. I, which is what i was already doing right but i didn't know it was a thing right. <laughs> yeah so, i think so that's that, where i'm at right now for sure like there are a lot of things that i want to learn and mm. want to like as a virgo <laughs> you kind of that. have this me specifically yeah. i have this sense of knowing that I'm right or knowing that I'm in some way at least at least in some way having a good opinion of what could be mm. so I'm not going to sit here and act like I know everything ah. but when it comes to you have a good intuition it's, yeah exactly it's intuition mm. so with a lot of the feelings that I've had towards um, things spiritually or things like mm. even in everyday life Someone will tell me, like, oh, this was in a book. And I'm like, why do I have to read a book if I already know it? And I just said it. And I just that's just concrete saying, like, yep, you're right. And that's all I have to do. <laughs> so it's, like, it's a lot of fun to, I guess, in a way, like, always have your mind thinking of new answers. Like, for me to have so many questions, there was so much time where I just needed to give myself some answers to shut myself up. Like, I was always in a question train that there was just never anyone to give me these answers so i have to think of possibilities of what they could be right so just something to satiate you for a yeah. little bit just because it'll eat at you just to hold you over yeah i get that i feel like that's actually something uh that's actually something whole societies and cultures do and groups of people huh. there's uh there's somebody somewhere somehow i came across the idea that um actually i guess you Sort of connected. You ever you ever, you heard of the the phrase that God is dead, right? So that 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 sort of falls into the whole thing. The relationship with the idea of God has shifted in society, mm-hmm. which now leaves society with a, with this die, burning question. So now there's a new need. There's a shift. There's a new need for something to satiate that question, and it's something we've all been going through. As a whole society, that's mm-hmm. been happening for like I don't know, whatever since the person that noticed it. Uh, I think it was Nietzsche who said that, but I'm not 100. percent Wow. Yeah. So like, it, it falls into that. It's it's a, it's the same thing. What it, it, that's what it happens too when like, when uh when you're learning something, because when you're learning something, you sort of have to give up what you thought was correct right. for the new thing. Right. But it's this always uh. You can't let go of the thing unless you have something new to hold on to, mm-hmm. which is so strange. But and then the, at the same time, you have to learn how to like attain the new thing, but not hold on to it for dear life because that's fanaticism. Right. And wow. That, and that's that's yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Thoughts. <laughs> that's really interesting, though. That that yeah, I, I, I always found it fascinating because that then that's it's also connected. Cause that's the only way 
if you have that relationship, you find yourself, you can actually be able to transform continually with life because life is nothing but lessons. So if you can keep, in a sense, die a little, to live a little, you can live more. For sure. Yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense to me <laughs> because I've seen myself go through so many phases and let go of so many versions of myself that I just have to keep growing. Yeah. And growing is the part of life, so... Growing is the part of life, but growing is painful. Exactly. It's very painful. Like, turning 21 is painful. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, it's a very painful thing to do. Is that why you named the event Nostalgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Something that I'm very tied to. And, like, I feel like in some way I have to let go of something. Mm. For some reason, I feel like I'm pulled to make this a new phase. And true. die again and be reborn. Mm. Um, my mom had me at 21. And for wow. her to have me at 21, it was, it's always been something that I've been looking to see where I'd be at 21. Wow. To see the comparison. Yeah. Um, don't have a child. Right. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I ain't got no kids. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing an art show. I'm I don't have a responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's amazing to see how much age, like age can be different in, in a life or into right. people's lives. In and a generation. In a generation. It's amazing to see the comparisons and a lot of things between she and I mm -hmm. as a person. Like, I recently thought, um, in some way, I feel like I hold a piece of her 21-year-old self with mm. me. Because as much as having children are beautiful, when you're not ready, it devastates you. It devastates you. It puts a halt on a lot of things. It's a giant sacrifice. Exactly. And some people have no choice but to make that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I don't think that she would, obviously she wouldn't have it any other way because of like our relationship and all the things that she tells me. But in some way, I want to be someone that she wanted to be. Mm. I want to be someone that she can look at and be like, I'm so happy you're doing this because I didn't get the chance to. Right. It's a part of generational trauma. Mm. Something that is taken away from you and you have to adapt so quickly leaves you on a certain path. Mm. And for me to really not have any, me to have this privilege to have a 21 birthday party or 21 event when she had to be pregnant at home, not drinking alcohol mm -hmm. when she's legally of age, right. it, it changes you in a certain way. And I think that for her and a lot of women in my family, I'm living a life that they potentially would have hoped to live. Or at least now, mm -hmm. in, in looking at the rearview mirror, would exactly. have been like, oh, that would have been cool. Exactly. I, I want to make my family, I guess I want to heal people through me. And I want to heal people even if I'm not directly telling them that I'm healing them. Right. In a way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for my mom to speak with me on this, she doesn't understand what I'm saying, really. She yeah. doesn't really get it. Right. But... She always does tell me, like, oh, when I was your age, I was doing this or I was doing that. And it's like she has a hope, you know. Like mm. she, you, can, you can see it in her eyes that she has a hope of what could have been mm. or what could have been differently. And I see that hope and it hurts. Like it hurts my heart to see her taken away of that opportunity mm -hmm. and for her to have to sacrifice so much. So in some way, it's like I owe it to them to be as free as I can be right. for them and to myself. So it's kind of... My biggest responsibility is to live without any regrets and do whatever I want to do, even if I fail and have to pick myself up again. It's something that I've always thought about, and now being 21, it's like, well, now we got to do it. We can't keep thinking about it. Now it's time to live life effortless, effortless, effortlessly, yeah. and also just like live it in a way that there are no limits of what you want to do, mm. and there are no limits of what you think you can do. You have to let go of a lot of self-doubt and a lot of criticism to yourself to be able to live that way. And I'm not there yet, but that's my goal. It's the aim. It's the aim. And I think that that's something that really drove me to throw this art show. It's the fear of it. Mm -hmm. It's the fear of failing. Yeah. And it's the fear of not being able to fulfill my dreams and essentially fulfill as like that goal of living as free as I want to live. I don't want to doubt myself anymore or doubt that I can't do things because of something in my way. So why not just do it? And if you fail, 
You could try again. Powerful. <laughs> I love that. Love that. That was great. Um, Thank you. In all honesty, I sort of want to end it there. <laughs> perfect. Cool with ending it there? Yeah, it's perfect. Fantastic. Um, thank you again, Alisa. Of course. For doing this. Thank you for having do you wanna, me. Do you want to let them know where they can find you? Oh, for sure. On Instagram, my Instagram handle is mariposa with the Z after the S. Mariposa. Fantastic. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Catch you on the next one. How was that? Fun, right? It was a really cool little chat. Apologies for the little distortion of my voice. I was uh, dealing with new equipment and there was that residual feedback that I didn't realize would be there. <laughs> so that's going to be a persistent thing for like at least three podcasts. Apologies, but I'm letting you know now. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can find her um, on Instagram. Uh, Mariposiza, literally. Like Mariposa, but like S za to end it it's um it's pretty catchy actually and the reason why it's it's sza is because that's actually her name like alicia alicia i feel like i said that wrong anyways i hope you guys enjoyed that um yeah i'll catch you on the next one. Oh yeah shout out to ojala systems for making that doubling what they were shooting for on their uh kickstarter that's amazing shout outs um, and check out Ray, because uh, Music by Ray, he just dropped music. Yeah, <laughs> go check it out. Thanks for listening, guys. Woo!